You're listening to I Heard It on the 806, a podcast by John Bowers. In this episode, John tells about two men in the Junction City, Oregon community who were very resistant to receiving the gospel. In separate instances, the Lord spoke clearly to John about what he was supposed to do to see the men give their hearts to Jesus. These stories serve as great reminders to us that the Lord seldom works in the same way twice, but deals with each of us in our own individual way. Salvation comes in a variety of ways. Remember again, I've had in the podcast in the past, don't assume, don't take one recipe and use it over and over again because basically God gives you one recipe for each situation and then puts it in the pantry and tells you to leave it alone. Great memories, recall from it, but don't use it again in the same manner. There were two men that were established in the community that I ministered in that had been known as leaders in the community. Dutch Ball was has a baseball field named after him in Junction City to this day. Dutch was famous for always having summer tournaments with kids from elementary kids all the way to high school. Dutch was a great coach, just a great guy that the kids loved, parents loved, but oh, he was a hard man. I was always amazed that the parents would allow their children to be around him because he was such a foul-mouthed speaking guy. And he tried to tame it down when the kids were around, but times when he would get into it with the umpires was pretty ugly. And so... One afternoon, one of my elders came to me and he said, John, I've been praying and I believe that I'm to go down to Dutch's house and to lead Dutch to the Lord. I just feel an urgency. I says, well, then let me pray with you and go under the power of God's spirit, present the salvation plan. So I prayed and John Moody took off my elder to Dutch's place, which was two blocks over and three blocks down. John came back within a half an hour and said, oh man, did Dutch ever let me have it? Man, did he ever let me have it? Told me what he thought of of you and what he thought of the church and just was very belligerent. So I said, well, John, that's all right. Let's just continue to pray for him. John left and the Lord spoke an amazing thing to me. He says, John, get up right now and go down and don't talk to Dutch, but tell him, that he's going to hell. I thought, oh my Lord, please tell him he's going to hell. So I got up and I walked down because it was, like I say, it was close. And Dutch is sitting out on the porch in his rocker. As I approached, I said, hey, Dutch. He said, yeah, John. You coming down here to share with me like your elder did? I said, no, I'm not going to share with you like my elder I'm here to give you a message. Well, what's that? I said, you're going to hell, Dutch. And I turned around and walked back down the sidewalk with him screaming so the community could hear it. Oh, that's a fine way for a pastor to talk. Ah, rah, 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 rah. And I just kept on walking and pretty soon his voice died out of sight because of my distance from him. Got in the office. I hadn't been in the office for a half an hour and the phone rang and my secretary said, Dutch Ball's on the, the line and wants to talk with you. I was prepared for the tongue lashing. Picked the phone up. It wasn't Dutch. It was his wife. And she said, Pastor John, 
would you mind doing me a favor? And I said, sure, honey, what's that? Would you come back? I've got some cookies and coffee here and some ice cream. And you bring John Moody with you. You bring whoever else you want with you. Dutch wants to receive Jesus. Wow. So I went back by myself because John was gone. And so I walked up on the porch and Dutch is sitting on the porch and his wife brought out the, the some cookies and some little Dixie cup ice cream containers. I said, okay, Dutch, what happened? Start crying. John, nobody knows this. But the doctor's only given me a few months to live. I've got cancer. And I'm dying. And when, when you said I'm going to hell, you confirmed what I knew in my heart. John, I don't want to go to hell. John, please, I don't want to go to hell. Show me. What can I do to get to heaven? I took his hands that day and led him to Jesus. In Dutch, for the next several months, came to Christ Center Church. I never asked him to come to Christ Center Church. He came to Christ Center Church. We baptized him in water. He had accepted Jesus and was saved prior to that. We baptized him in water and brought in a lounge chair in the auditorium because his body was so painful and he was such, such in distress that on Sunday mornings he would come and he would sit in that lounge chair and oh did he love it did he love it he told me many times oh if I'd only have surrendered if I wasn't so stubborn I would have surrendered years ago and think how I could have lived my life without the hate and the bitterness towards the church towards you towards everything you guys have done because it was good and I was from evil Oh, if I'd only done it sooner. Christ Center had Dutch's funeral. We buried him with the joy of the Lord, knowing that Satan lost one at the last minute. He cashed his ticket into hell to receive God's ticket to heaven. Fred Smigley was another one like Dutch Ball. Now, I'm not advocating that you use my recipe because I've already put my recipe down for Dutch ball. I only did that once. I'm putting my recipe down for Fred Smigley, so I'm not, a, I'm not suggesting that anybody use the same recipe to get someone saved. Because what I did to Fred Smigley, I only did it once in my ministry. And the truth is, I hope I never have to do it again. But Fred Smigley was in his 90s. Fred Smigley was very close to our family. And the Smigleys were actually in relationship with my wife. My wife's grandmother was Fred's sister. I'd always known Fred as one that was proud of the fact that no pastor or traveling evangelist could ever lead him to the Lord, even though his wife and family were all Christians in the church. He, he was so proud of the fact that he was the only one that would never stoop to do such a stupid thing as receive Jesus Christ as his Savior, thinking he could save anything. And this one day I realized that there was a just an urgency of leading somebody to Jesus. I said, Lord, who is it? Who is it you want me to lead to the Lord? And he says, John, I want you to prepare yourself because what I'm going to ask you to do is something that I rarely do. But I'm asking you to do this because this is the only way Fred's going to get saved. I said, okay, just tell me what to do. He said, I want you to go and wrestle Fred to the Lord. 
<laughs> Remember, Fred's, Fred's 92. Wrestle Fred to the Lord? God, what are you saying? He said, that's the only way he'll get saved. You can't talk him out of it. You can't pray him out of it. In this case, you have to wrestle it out of him. Oh, my word. So I'm getting ready to leave to drive out to a little city called Venita. And as I'm getting ready to leave, one of my elders says, hey, where are you headed, pastor? I said, well, I'm going to go get Fred saved. But I said, I don't think you want to go. And he says, why is that? I says, because I'm going to wrestle him into the kingdom today. And he laughs like it was a joke. I said, Eldon, it's not a joke. So you may not want to go. Oh, I've got to go. I'd love to hang out with you and we can visit on the way. And So you're going to wrestle Fred into the kingdom. <clears throat> I said, well, I don't know how it's going to happen, but it is going to happen. I'll be obedient. So when we got to the, the Fred Smigley home, his wife Rose is, was deaf as a doornail. So I was, I was pretty much at safe there because Eldon could speak to, to Rose while I'm speaking to Fred. I sat down with Fred over by the fire. It was wintertime, and he had a little wood stove there. He had arthritis in his, both of his hands. It had disformed his hands, and he was sitting by the fire and had lotion on his hands, and he was rubbing his hands at his, as he was talking with me. Well, John, why did you come out today to see me? I'm really glad you did. But why, why did you come to see me? I said, to get you saved. Ha, ha, ha. John, there's a whole lot better pastors than you that have come to this door to get me saved. And I said, hey, Fred, come on, give me your hand. I want, to, I, I, want to, I want to tell you something. He gave me his hand, which really shocked. I was surprised. He gave me his hand, and I took it in his hand, and I started squeezing his hand. He said, stop, stop. Whoa, whoa, stop. Ow, ow. And he started yelling because I was squeezing his hand. I said, Fred, I'm not going to let go of your hand, and I'm going to keep squeezing your hand until you pray the sinner's prayer with me. No, no, get out of my house. Get out of my house. Rose, call the police. Well, Rose couldn't hear him. Call the police, but Eldon heard him. Eldon heard everything and saw everything I was doing. Now, I realize if I'm sitting where Eldon's sitting, I would do the same thing. I would judge me crazy. I kept squeezing his hand. He kept yelling. I kept squeezing. He kept yelling. I squeezed harder. He yelled harder. Stop, stop. You're hurting me. Rose, call the police. Ah. I kept squeezing. He kept yelling. I said, Fred, I'm going to keep squeezing your hand until you pray the prayer. That's the only way you're going to get relief. Okay, okay. Pray it. And he wouldn't let, he said, let go of my hand. I says, nope. You pray the prayer, and I'll let, you, I'll let loose of your hand. So I led him in the sinner's prayer. Jesus, come into my heart. Save my soul. I confess I'm a sinner, and I repent of my sins. Jesus, I believe you're the Christ, the Son of the living God, and I accept you today as my Savior. He prayed that prayer. I let loose of his hand. He holds it up to his, his, his chest like a wounded little bird, and he strokes his painful, swollen, arthritic hand. And I got up. And I left. He said nothing. Eldon said a lot. He says, John, I'm sorry, but what I just witnessed today is something that I absolutely can't stand for. 
I'm turning in my resignation today. I'll be out of here Monday morning. That was Friday that happened. I said, Eldon, I, I understand. I'd probably do the same thing. But please do me a favor. As we're going home, just shut up. Because I'm not doing so well either. But I did what I believe God told me to do. He said, John, God didn't tell you to do that. You hurt that old man. You forced him to pray the sinner's prayer. I said, yeah, the Lord told me that's the only way he'd win his soul. He, that the only way he'd give his soul up if I wrestled him into the kingdom. I wrestled him into the kingdom. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You, you hurt that old man. She should have called the cops on you. I said, well, praise God, she's deaf. <laughs> I got home. I got back to the office that afternoon. The phone rings. It's Fred Smigley. Fred, what's up? John, you have a baptistry out there, don't you? I said, yes, we do. Would you warm it up today? I said, why is that? Because I'm coming out. I'm coming out, John. I, I asked the dumbest question I maybe have ever asked. Why in the world do you want the baptistry warm? <laughs> he said, I accepted Jesus. He said, when you left, the power of God's spirit. Now, he doesn't talk like this. They said, the power of God's spirit came over me, and God was so pleased that his son had come home. He said, I'm a prodigal. And when, I, when you left, the power of God's spirit came, and I could just sense the presence of Jesus, the presence of the Lord, and I was like the prodigal son coming to my own home. And God said, celebrate. Go get baptized now and celebrate. So I want you guys to all join me for lunch tomorrow at the Valley River Inn. And the Valley River Inn at that time was the, the place to go. It was on the Willamette River. It was a beautiful restaurant, very expensive restaurant. Fred said, I want you to invite anybody you want to invite, but Saturday afternoon be at the Valley River, but I want to come out this afternoon and get baptized. I said, we'll have the baptistry warm, Fred. Fred showed up and... Eldon had not left yet. He was packing his stuff up. He had card, cardboard boxes in his office, stacking them up. I says, hey, Veldon, or Eldon, before you leave, you might want to come out in the cafeteria pretty soon because Fred's coming out. Why is that? I said, because I just got off the phone with Fred and he wants to get baptized. He asked the same dumb question I asked. Well, why would he want to do that? I says, because I wrestle him into the kingdom of God and he's saved and he wants to rejoice and be glad and he wants wants everybody to come that wants to come to a feast at the Valley River Inn tomorrow. Could you do that? <laughs> Eldon went and stood there at the baptistry and a bunch of other staff members stood there as I baptized Fred Smigley. And then Saturday afternoon, we go to the Valley River Inn and we had a feast. Eldon was there. Eldon unpacked his box, stayed on staff, came to me, though, and he says, Pastor, next time you want to go wrestle somebody the Lord, leave, leave me out of it, would you? Because I can't handle it. I said, I trust that it'll never happen again. But if it does, I'll go do it again. I went to Fred's bedside as he was dying about three years later. And I walked in, and he saw me, and he said, Oh, John, come over and sit down. He said, I'm so happy. 
He said, I never thought I'd ever say this. I'm dying. I'm going home. But I know where I'm going now because you wrestled me into the kingdom of God. John, I can't thank you enough. He said, the thing I regret the most is that I didn't receive Jesus years ago. He said the same thing that Dutch Ball said. Oh, if I'd only had done this years ago. As you listen to this podcast, I trust that if you gain anything out of it, you'll learn to obey God's voice. Because all I've ever done was try to obey His voice. And even though I've made mistakes, terrible mistakes, affected people's lives, I can still say, my God's able. My God's able to take the baseball hero of Junction City before he died of cancer and save his soul because I said he was going to hell. God saved Fred Smigley, a proud sinner that was thankful that he could stand this many years in his 90s rejecting every pastor and every evangelist, but couldn't outfight God. And he was wrestled into the kingdom of heaven. You've been listening to the I Heard It on the 806 podcast with John Bowers. Make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing wherever you listen. To learn more about John Bowers, this podcast, and to find out how you can get a copy of his new book, I Heard It on the 806, go to IHeardItOnThe806.com. This has been an Avenue 153 production.